hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, what we'll call HCM from now on, is the most common form of heart disease in cats and carries a particularly poor prognosis for those cats with HCM that experience aortic thromboembolism, congestive heart failure, and distortion of cardiac chamber dimensions and function. Assessment of cardiac biomarkers, such as cardiac troponin I, N-terminal pro-B-type natriuretic peptide, what we'll call NT-pro-B&P, in various disease states has increased in human and veterinary medicine, but little prognostic data is available for these biomarkers with HCM in cats. Both cardiac biomarkers appear to carry prognostic value in humans with HCM. So Borgit and all, out of Royal Veterinary College, wanted to investigate whether a single measurement of NT-proBNP in cardiac troponin I would provide such value in cats with HCM in a study called Plasma Cardiac Troponin I Concentration and Cardiac Death in Cats with Hypertrophic Cardiomyopathy. They performed a prospective study to evaluate this from February 2010 to May 2011. Cats that were diagnosed with HCM based on echocardiography were included. Exclusion criteria included those cats with underlying disease such as hyperthyroidism, hypertension, non-hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, or chronic kidney disease. A total of 41 cats met the inclusion criteria. Overall, 24 out of 41, or 59% of cats, died by the end of the study period. 21 out of 24 died due to heart disease. In this study, 16 cats were euthanized, while 5 cats died suddenly. So, what did they find in this study? Cardiac troponin I concentrations were higher in cats with left ventricular wall hypokinesis, in other words, reduced systolic function, but there was no association with left ventricular hypokinesis with NT-proBNP. NT-proBNP concentrations were higher in cats with congestive heart failure, as previously demonstrated in other studies. In cats that had cardiac troponin I levels greater than 0.7 nanograms per milliliter, there was a significantly shorter survival time, with a median of only 40 days. In this study, they controlled for whether or not the cat had congestive heart failure and what the echocardiographic measurements were. Regardless of these factors, a cardiac troponin I level greater than 0.7 nanograms per milliliter was independently associated with time to cardiac death. In cats that had NT-proBNP levels greater than 250 picomoles per liter, there was also a significantly shorter survival time, with a median of 764 days. Based on statistical analysis, NT-proBNP levels greater than 250 picomoles per liter were associated with cardiac death, with a p-value of 0.023. However, this did not remain significant with a p-value of 0.951 when controlling for echocardiographic findings, specifically left atrial size and function, or clinical signs. Overall, when echocardiographic data was included in the analysis, cardiac troponin I lost its independent predictive value for time to cardiac death. The authors assert that the study demonstrates the predictive value for survival of a single cardiac troponin I measurement in cats with HCM. A cutoff value of greater than 0.7 nanograms per milliliter was reported as the most predictive cardiac troponin I value for cardiac death. NT-proBNP did not provide the same predictive value as cardiac troponin I, independent of congestive heart failure status.
The study is unique in that it provided two models for predictive value of cardiac troponin I for cardiac death. In the first model, echocardiographic data was not included. This was to simulate a general practice or emergency setting whereby echocardiography may not be available in the first 24 hours when initial treatment decisions would be made. In the second model, echocardiographic data was included, and cardiac troponin I lost its independent predictive value, supplanted by echocardiographic evidence of left ventricular hypokinesis. This suggests a significant relationship or association between these two parameters, as seen in human medicine. So, what do we take from this Vet Girl podcast? This small prospective study provided some very useful information that seems to fit well with what we know about the biomarkers NT, ProBNP, and cardiac troponin I. NT, ProBNP is a marker for myocardial stretch, which correlates well to chamber enlargement and congestive heart failure. However, it did not independently correlate with cardiac death if congestive heart failure was included. Cardiac troponin I is a marker for myocardial injury or inflammation and did independently correlate with cardiac death in the model in which echocardiographic data was excluded. Elevated cardiac troponin levels lost independent predictive value when echocardiographic data was included and cardiac troponin I appeared to be related to left ventricular systolic dysfunction or hypokinesis. This would make sense physiologically, as cats with HCM who progress to systolic dysfunction would be expected to have higher degree of myocardial injury. Remember, cats with HCM typically have diastolic dysfunction. In other words, their ventricles can't relax. So what do we take away? The plasma concentration of cardiac troponin I with a cutoff of greater than 0.7 nanograms per milliliter is a predictor of cardiac death in cats with HCM that is independent of the presence of heart failure or left atrial dilation. Elevated cardiac troponin I levels appear to be predictive of cardiac death and survival time in cats with HCM when echocardiographic data is not included in a survival model. This could allow for practical application of a single cardiac troponin level to provide survival estimates and help potentially guide treatment decisions in some cases in a general practice or emergency setting for owners of cats with HCM. Thus, practically, a single cardiac troponin blood level in a general or emergency practice setting might provide a pet owner with a reasonable idea of how advanced their cat's myocardial dysfunction is, which appears to correlate with expected survival. This could impact a pet owner's ability to make immediate informed decisions regarding treatment versus waiting 24 hours or more for echocardiography. This is a pretty cool study. Now, if we could just readily get these two cardiac biomarkers available, 